That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like a sinkhole, a chronic disease, deadly sex. Mm, or the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like stapling your fingers together? A really awkward three-way. How about almost killing someone with your boobs? Those all sound fantastically horrific. You better play that theme song. Better do it. Ground is shaking under our feet. Mountains on fire, flooding in the street. Can't breathe the air, can't fight the feeling. Goblin down, Xanax ain't the way to be dealing. Gotta do better than just getting high. We gotta stick together if we're gonna survive. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. I'm Christine. And uh, how's it going, Christine? You know what, Danielle? I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too, although it is over Zoom. You know what? I, I'll i take you anyway I can get you. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Flat, as two-dimensional as possible. Well, you know, I, I, I think we look all right two-dimensional. Yeah. Garen's got more going on on his screen. He's got like. He's got a collection of, um, well, things you'd think Garen would have. Yeah. Horror movie things. It tracks. Yeah. Yeah. It's got Child's Play. It's got a Chucky doll with a (laughs) rainbow flag. That's funny. (laughs) 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 I really. Did you watch SNL, by the way? Yes. Did you see the Megan thing? (laughs) Guys, guess what? What? I saw Megan. Oh, did you like it? I had such a good time. It's, it's fun, right? It's really fun. It's exactly what you guys said, which is nothing surprising. Right. But it's really, it's, it's really well done. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. So on SNL this week, remember I had said to Garen, why is it considered like a queer film or why does it yeah. have so much gay love? And um, so they did a whole sketch about that. So oh, I just watch it. So Jimmy was like, does it? I go, yes, yes, it does. And I asked Garrett about it, but it was really, it was, it was pretty well done. It was funny. 
And then you get it. You get why. Mm, yeah, I think so. Okay. I guess. I just, as much as I can. I just figured it was Chloe Fineman doing a Megan. She, she did. Oh, she does. She okay. That was, that would and be. The, and then um, there was like a 2.0 and that was um, the host. Uh, what's her face? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, I could oh, definitely see her in a Megan sketch. Danielle. Yes. I have a question. Yes. Am I allowed to talk about the weekend or do sure. you not want to talk about the weekend? Okay. So Danielle's mother, Judy, had her celebration of life over the weekend. Is that what we call it? Yeah. It's just like a euphemism for a memorial. Okay. But <laughs> I think celebration... people feel better. Okay. You know. Well, I want to, I want to say a couple things because I went to this and Danielle pulled off such an amazing event. First of all, I know this probably isn't the most important thing, but Danielle wore the most amazing <laughs> outfit that I hope there's a picture because I really want to share it with people. I wanted to take a picture, but I didn't want to, it felt weird to be like, I know. Hey, someone did take a picture, so I'll send it to you. You can't really great. see the whole outfit, but it was it was runway ready. I mean, you could have walked the Parisian that runway. That shirt is from Forever Twenty One. I got it on pause. I don't believe it. I swear, I don't God. believe it. Jenna Lyons would have given you, I know, right? Two hearts and googly eyes on Instagram for that. So, just quickly, when my mom was in the hospital, and I, I she wasn't conscious at this point, but I told her that I wouldn't, I would try my best not to wear all black because she um, always hated that I wore black all the time. And she always yeah. wanted me in colors. Oh, dear, honey, let's have some colors. So I couldn't wear, my mom's favorite color was purple. And I don't really like purple as a wardrobe color. So I was like, you know what? And then I had a vision. I was like, I'm going to wear a pink shirt that has a big tie at the front, at the neck. Yes. And I found it on Poshmark. And I was like, that's it. It's it's a silly shirt. It's pink with black polka dots. It's ridiculous, it's, but it, it was, was fun. It was so pretty and it looked so good on you. Okay. That's an important point. The second thing it was is. Danielle spoke <laughs> and it was such a moving, loving tribute and so funny. Of course it was oh, funny because you're one of the funniest you. people on the planet. Oh my god. But like it was also just really I mean I kept thinking like, I hope that I live the kind of life that inspires this much like love. And I mean, yeah. I got to get, I got to get on it. I'll tell you that because I mean, people were just people really, I'm like, I have a lot of work to I do know. I don't because know. people were just so um, moved by your mom and loved yeah. her so much. And so many people had so many wonderful things to say. One person had a lot to say that a lot really a lot of anecdotes it was um, like in it was one of those things where it like became about the person way yes. more than it was about yeah. my mom yeah and it it was also i couldn't really hear it because i was kind oh, of in the no. back okay we were just kind of like i i turned to alex and i said does this have does do they have a light or no it was so <laughs> uncomfortable especially because she went up really early and i and i didn't know how many people were gonna talk and i was like well this i mean what if you know, 20 more people want to talk. They didn't. And it wasn't that many. It was like, this will go on for freaking ever. It was crazy. It was, it, it, yeah. and we looked at you and Jimmy's back and I, and, and, and I thought they're probably trying really hard not to laugh right now. I was just trying hard not to cringe. Yeah. I well. was just, I mean, every, she was well-meaning and everyone, you know, love my mom and 
this was at my cousin's house. So it wasn't like at a funeral home or anything. It was, it was very, you know, it was supposed to be more celebratory. It was casual and it didn't, but it was, it was also just like, of course that happens because that's what happens at these things. You need the person to get up and talk too long and ramble and not have anything prepared because it's not like, it's not a professional event. And guess what? People do that at stand-up shows too. (laughs) Right. It happened at my brother's, um, memorial too. Nichelle Nichols of Star Trek fame got up and talked for freaking ever. She barely knew him. She like met him oh, when he was a baby. It was my God. <laughs> it oh, was insane. My God. That is yeah. amazing. In fact, right. my mom, when we were planning my wedding, my mom was like, I don't think we should invite Nichelle because she gets a mic. She's going to start singing. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't invite her. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have one more thing to say, and then we can stop talking about this or we can talk about it. It can be the whole episode. But um, Oliver got up, Danielle and Jimmy's son. And I mean, what a kid. Okay, so any to me, he's 14, right? 15. 15 now. Okay, so a 15 year old that would just get up and speak to me is incredible. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he got up. First off, the kids just got funny in his bones. Yeah. So as soon as he opens his mouth, he's delightful and funny. But he didn't, he just kind of started talking. It didn't seem like he'd really prepared it. Right. But he was so charming, Aww. so funny, such a cutie. Like you can really see what a handsome, you know, young man he's turning into. Mm-hmm. But what like a charming, funny, delightful human being. Oh and God. I just thinking Thank like you. Danielle and Jimmy must be so proud and like, I hope they feel so good about like who they've created. Cause I was just, I went up and told him like, I hope I didn't make him feel embarrassed, but I was like, no. you're such an incredible person. Like I'm, I'm so <laughs> impressed with that. You got up and spoke. It was, it was really great to just see what a great person he's Aww. become. Thank so. you. No, we're intensely proud of him. And uh, he's, he's just yeah, the best. He's the sweetie pie. I can't wait he's to sort see of like does. fumbling all over the place, but then that was sort of like, sort of endearing. And <laughs> it was cute. I mean, he did I have a lot in common with my mom, actually. He whatever he decides to do with his life. I mean, he's probably going to be in show business, which also kind of makes me sad. But like, because yeah. it's <laughs> such a gross business, but like he's going to just be the best at it. I hope so. From your lips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a real sweet kid. He He's really sweet. Yeah. So. Is this guys, a good segue? <laughs> is this a good segue? To- <laughs> what is our not quite. Um. Oh, wait, should I tell you what happened to Benjamin? Do we have time? Oh my God. We buried the lead. Yeah. So, uh, while, so Friday, was it Friday? While yes. I was working on the newsletter, Sven and I were both home. We were both working. Um, Sven gets a call and he's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Yep. I'll be there. And he comes into the bedroom and I'm like, what's going on? Well, Ben, I just got a school call from the school. Benji, uh, has put a staple, uh, deeply, into his fingers, they can't do anything about it. So now I have to go to the school and pick him up, which is like, you know, 20, 25 minutes away from our house. Oh, wow. So Benji has to sit there at the school. Can't they, they won't do anything for him. So he has to go get him and uh, take him to urgent care, which then is another, you know, there's not one yeah. close to the school. So we have to come back to my neighborhood. Sits at urgent care for like two hours. Oh, no. So now it's... And then they they have to take it out. And it's very painful. He was making origami bunnies with uh-huh. his friend Neil. So you've heard mentioned before. Yeah. Um, 
to torment his teacher, apparently, who doesn't like origami bunnies. So as a joke, they made hundreds of origami bunnies to put like on the door of the classroom. Okay. To just bother his their teacher. Wait, why, I just, why does their teacher have a thing against origami? Like, how would they even know this? And why does she have a fear of origami? It's, it's, a, it's a man. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I don't know why. I know it's not usually, you know, you don't yeah. usually have male teachers. For, but for that So age, I guess their yeah. teacher, Hairju, doesn't like, for whatever reason, doesn't like origami bunnies. Okay. So they were like, wouldn't it be funny if we made hundreds of them? Okay, but where does sta- then, you're not supposed to be using staples and origami? That's it's listen, a folding art. I, I know, I know, but I, maybe it's maybe it's to put them on the door. Right. Maybe it's to help them stay together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I helped him cut some of these. I didn't know why at the time. <laughs> I thought he was doing a craft. Wait a second, you helped in the prank that you didn't know. Yes, was a prank? I didn't know. I, was, I didn't know it was a prank at the time. I didn't know what you know treachery I was into. That's hilarious. So apparently you have to staple it really hard and the stapler got stuck. And so he slammed it down with his fingers underneath it. And didn't you say he's actually stapled two together? Yeah. So the stapler works, I guess. It does. It works well. Now, well, now here's you has it till the end of the year. Um, but the sweetest thing has his, so three of his friends, I guess one of his friends called him when we got him home and he was like, are you okay? Three of, all three of us were crying the rest of the day. Like his three Aww. buddies were all like crying at school. Cause they were so worried about him. Oh my God. That's so sweet. And I just was like, oh, he's so lucky. He has good friends, but this has been your Benjamin urgent care update. <laughs> um, and I was just realizing that like, we always joke that Jimmy's urgent care is yeah. his cheers but i was but like you know she's getting there i think maybe you know you he's got his cheers over on one side of town and benji's got his uh, cheers absolutely on the other side of so town. and you said it really hurt when they took it out yeah i guess you know because the staple if when it goes into paper it bends yeah oh yeah and it went in so hard it bent like that oh so they had to like pull it out sort of one side at a time and he was like yeah it didn't really hurt going in mom but when they took it out it it was pretty painful so so now does is the teacher aware of the prank i'm assuming yeah the teacher was you know was aware is aware now and uh no more stapling i'm assuming they're not gonna get in trouble since he was in so much pain no i don't think so um but uh yeah so um i feel like worried that this urgent is going to start to like red flag us though well they might they might think you have a bunch in by proxy or yeah thousand by proxy yes i don't <laughs> just i'm just going to state that for the record <laughs> i don't want to be schlepping imagine that's your that's your kink that you just want to keep schlepping to the er <sighs> what a fa- fucking pain in the ass just if you want attention start a podcast exactly gonna you don't need to do it hurt your mouth. kid right Speaking of attention, mm-hmm. are you guys ready to talk about today's topic? So ready. Okay. So it's going to get a little kinky. Oh. Because today we're going to talk about how to survive sex. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. All right. So this was a fun one. I'm sure. We're going to have, we are going to have fun today. All right. So, I mean, you guys know probably sex overall is good for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're picking the right person, right? right. Or people. I don't know. I don't know what you're into, Garen. <laughs> oh, you, well. oh, she doesn't know. Garen actually has had 
some. I, yeah, I've been going. I've engaged in in uh, three ways before. You have. Yeah. Yeah, it's been talked about on Never Not Funny, which is why. Oh my gosh, Karen! Okay. I love this information. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. My, my of course, pleasure. one of those people was the Chucky doll behind him, but. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? No Chucky dolls were harmed. He likes bad boys. <laughs> he likes a ginger. <laughs> he does like a ginger. He likes Ed Sheeran and the Chucky doll. Oh my <laughs> God. You guys got me on blast today. <laughs> oh, it's going to get better. Mm. Okay, so it increases the level of the hormone oxytocin, which is known as the love hormone. And it's also known as a mood repair strategy, which means it can be used to help alleviate feelings of sadness and depression. Hmm. However, there is a dark side to, <laughs> I wrote this down, guys, uh-huh. filling the cream donut. Ew. <laughs> Chris. I know. I wasn't going to say it, but then I decided to say it. It's a Chris Ew. Kimmel original? It's not. I saw there's a huge list on the internet of like different words for, um, Euphemism you know, doing the deed. And, and that was one of them. And that was the most repulsive one you could find. So you it wasn't, that. but it was like, you know, I really like donuts. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I'm glad I don't particularly care for cream donuts to begin with. So that's not something I have to ever think about again. Well, you, you, if you did, you don't like them now. All right. True. The dark side is you can die. Sure. You can die during sex for a number of reasons. Oh, during sex. Yeah. I mean, think about all the people falling out of sex swings, you know. So many. In their heads. (laughs) They just fall down. Uh, Just, just, yeah, hitting their heads on the ground. I don't know. Yeah. Sex sex swings work. Garen, tell us. (laughs) Uh, That is something I do not have any experience in. (laughs) Traditional Um, beds only for me. Or a couch. I don't know what else. Uh, boredom, maybe. Sure. Um, Heart attack. Yes, we're, that's exactly right. Okay. So what it's connected to uh, is the physical strain of the activity and extenuating circumstances that I'm going to get into. Mm. Did you know there are euphemisms for death during sex? Well, I think isn't an orgasm called a, a little death or something? That might be true. There's something I don't about know that. that. I didn't come across that, but um, maybe Garen can look into that. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, dying in the saddle. That's, oh, that's an organ. That's a euphemism for having, for dying during sex. For, for dying during sex, which I, I'm like, is that with a horse involved or maybe. something? I don't know. Uh, the French say la mort d'amour. La mort d'amour. Okay. Yeah. Death and I love. mean, okay. It feels like you could use like jumping, like, you know how people say jumping someone's bones? Yes. That feels like that could be a good one. Definitely. Right. Yes. Okay. You ready for some science? Always. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Journal of American Medical Association found in 2011 that each additional hour of sexual activity per week resulted in an increased risk of two to three myocardial infarctions which means a heart attack. Yeah. And one sudden cardiac death per 10,000, this is weird, person years. Person years? Person years. I think they just mean per per people. I don't know why they put person years. Wait, as one word, person years? Person dash years. Oh. (laughs) 
we're introducing us to a whole new world word i know because i'm like i know they couldn't have studied ten thousand years like person years okay person got years it. one sudden cardiac death per ten thousand person years is that the age of people added up together i'm just gonna assume and maybe i'm incorrect yeah they mean out of ten thousand people okay because I don't think they did a study over 10,000 years. Feels like you can't really do that. Well, no, that's not what I meant. I meant <laughs> if you added up people's age, I don't know what I meant, but it's not that. Okay. Something about adding up people's ages. I'm not sure. Well, the science I'm bringing you is, uh, let's just say it's not coming from a scientist. It's coming from me. Okay. Sexual intercourse can also trigger a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Whoa subarachnoid that means below a spider yeah spiders are kind of coming out of you, coming out of your dick <laughs> oh. i hate when that happens oh man that's that's terrifying <laughs> um i'm gonna tell you what a subarachnoid hemorrhage is because i didn't know it's bleeding into the subarachnoid space which is the area between the arachnoid membrane which i also am going to tell you what that is okay. uh the arachnoid matter is one of the three meninges, and that's the protective membranes that cover the brain and the spinal cord. It is so named because of its resemblance to a spider web. Okay, and it's also and it's also between another uh, membrane called the pia matter. I think it's matter, not mater. It's spelled M A T E R. So for anyone who knows about brains, if I'm mispronouncing that, my deepest apologies. Here's some symptoms. Severe headaches that come on fast, vomiting, decreased levels of consciousness, fever, weakness, numbness, and sometimes seizures. Neck stiffness or neck pain are also relatively common. So if you're going, if you're having an orgasm and all that stuff happens, or you're having yeah. sex, call 911. Now you have had a history of seizures. Have you ever had a seizure during sex? I have not. Oh, thank God. Okay. I know, right? Thank goodness. That would, uh, I would say, call 911 if that happens to me. Yeah. Um, well, you know, hopefully I won't be around, but. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm having an <laughs> orgasm during the podcast, I, I guess it's been a really good okay. show. Really good guest. <laughs> yes, exactly. We've landed Keanu Reeves. Exactly. Um, here, oh, another study. This one's important. Uh, this was also in 2011 from the Journal of Sexual Medicine, found that men who cheated were significantly more likely than those who were faithful to experience severe or fatal cardiac events during sex. Interesting. Guilty much? Uh, deaths during consensual sex only account for about approximately 0.6 of all sudden deaths. So it's pretty low. Viagra is considered a safe drug, but it has been linked to sudden cardiovascular death during sexual activity among elderly men. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I think there's a, a slight risk with that, but I mean, they're also elderly. So, right. you know, most, most deaths due to cardiovascular causes during sex are in men. A number of deaths during consensual sex have been linked to the use of other prescription or recreational drugs, such as cocaine. Mm. So watch that cocaine use. Yeah. Garen. So a cocaine hippo having sex would be even, you know, even worse. Oh, and you put some Viagra in that cocaine hippo yeah, and you're just really asking for like a heart explosion. Yep. 
Okay. The sudden death uh, from sex gets higher as people age, as you'd expect. A post-mortem study um, from Germany of 32,000 sudden deaths over a 33-year period found that 0.2%, these are all low numbers, guys, um, of cases occurred during sexual activity. Sudden death occurred mostly in men, as I have already established. Mm -hmm. The average age was 59 years, and the most frequent frequent cause was a heart attack. 59 is not that old. It's not. It okay. gets younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, studies of sudden cardiac death and sexual activity from the U.S., France, and South Korea show similar findings. Um, but listen, women also can use this excuse. Not tonight, honey. I have a bad heart. I just made that up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. I guys, I'm just full of zingers. Okay. New research from researchers at St. George's University of London found that it's not just middle-aged men who are dropping off from sudden cardiac death. So their study investigated uh, 6,847 cases. Of these, 17 occurred during or within one hour of sexual activity. Okay. So the average age of death was 38, 38 years old. And 30, 35% of the cases occurred in women. So that's higher than previous studies wow. that they've used. But here's the thing. They they weren't typically caused by heart attacks. In half, the heart was found to be structurally normal. And a sudden abnormal heart rhythm caused, oh, it's called sudden arrhythmic death syndrome or SADS. <laughs> it is SADS. They were so sad about the sex they died. Um Aortic dissection was the second largest cause. And this is where the layers in the wall of the heart artery from the heart supplying blood around the body tear and blood flows between the layers, causing it to bulge and burst. But this is from the exertion of sex. Is that the idea? Yeah. I mean, they already have, so they already have a heart that's weak. It could have, they could have been also just like running on a treadmill or, you know, Mm, doing something like a vigorous hike. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's also other things that happen. The, the remaining cases were due to structural anomalies. I'm not going to get into those, but I'll, I'll link it in the show letter, uh, show letter, newsletter, <laughs> show notes, the show letter. That's what we call it. Um, so if you've been diagnosed with SADS, um, and I'm not talking about, um, clinical depression, uh, I'm talking about this heart thing. Um, or any heart abnormality, you talk to your doctor about having sex, but the low is the low incidence of death in these studies suggests the risk is very low. Um, so almost everybody should be just fine having sex um, unless you're having sex with a toxic person. That's for a different episode. Like literally and, toxic. Like, yes. Like toxins come out of their penis. Exactly. Well, they are spiders. Um, some kind of villain with... Uh, spiders coming out right i would suggest maybe not having sex with that person i mean you have to tell that to garen because we already know he likes bad boys so garen are you listening are you listening to us right now yes i am (laughs) take this to heart um okay so here's something really important about this load the low risk of um the heart attack they also found in a study that only one third of the victim's partners in the study who witnessed the cardiac arrest performed bystander CPR. So part of the reason that only 20% of the affected survivors, oh, the affected survived uh-huh. to hospital discharge. So people aren't doing 
um, CPR on their partners. Oh, so now you have to, when you hook up with someone, you need to know their, um, sexual medical history and yeah. whether or not they know how, to, is. how to perform CPR. But listen to this. I didn't know this. And maybe you guys did hands only CPR. Do you know about hands only CPR? No. Okay. I'm going to tell you about it. For every minute CPR is not administered, the chance of survival decreases by 10%, explained Holly S. Anderson, attending cardiologist and director of education and outreach at the Ronald, who cares, who cares, who cares? Okay. Without CPR, brain cells begin to die after five minutes and the chance of survival after 10 minutes is virtually zero. Everyone should know how to save a life with hands-only CPR. The American Heart Association made hands-only CPR standard of care in 2008 and has the same efficacy compared to conventional CPR. That's with mouth to mouth. Mm -hmm. After 15 years of follow-up, you can learn how to save a life in less than one minute at handsonly.nyc. I'm going to put a link to that. Yeah, I'm going to look at that. And I'll put it in all of our social media. You don't have to put your mouth in a stranger's mouth anymore. No, or you no, don't get you, to. Am I right? You don't Karen? get to. I, just you. You know what I say? Decide based on who it is. I'm telling you what. Right. John John Ham has a cardiac arrest next to me. I mean, you might just want to just just to be careful. You know, use the use all your uh, all your methods. I'm doing mouth to mouth. That's right. Handsy uh, handsy CPR. Handsy C. I'm doing handsy CPR. That's where you got to do. Your, you put your hands on a lot of places. Right. Just to be safe. Right. Um. But this is very easy. You're just doing hands. So you're just doing the pushing. Yeah. Ah, 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 staying alive, that thing. It's like, it's two compressions every second or something like that. But you push on their shoulders to see if there's any movement. Okay. Quick push, see no movement. You interlock your hands and then you start doing compressions. And it's like two every second or something. Watch the video. It's like, the video is like, 15 seconds. So are you long. saying that that mouth thing just never had to be done at all? Or is it just in certain cir- circumstances? Well, according to the video, they're just saying this is just as effective. How weird. Okay. And they've, and they've done this study over the last 15 years. So it's just some perv made up that part. Probably mouth some part. dude yeah. wanted to make out. Yeah. Okay. I want to make out with someone dying. Exactly. I mean, look, <laughs> we know there's people like that. Here we go. Here's some fun, a fun fact for those who uh, like to get their steps in. Uh-huh. A 2013 study in the New England Journal of Medicine found that sexual activity lasting six minutes burns about 21 calories, the equivalent of taking a moderate walk. That doesn't seem like enough. Moderate 21 walk. calories? Well, don't focus on that. Just focus on it. Well, you the, told me that's what I'm going to focus, focus on. on. That it's it's only six it's only minutes. Six minutes, okay. And it's <laughs> over. <laughs> You're done with it. It's out of the way. Learned something about Chris. Well, I'm just saying for people who aren't in the mood, you know what yeah, I mean. Just like I know. Six, six minutes, minutes actually seems like a long time when you think about it. Six pumping minutes. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, like how long do I need that to go on? It's a lot to be on stage and it's a lot to be having sex. Yeah, six minutes can be a really long time when it's not going well <laughs> in a lot of different yes. ways. And the other thing I just want to leave you with is that the risk of having a heart attack or cardiac arrest among patients with heart disease is low for those who engage in sexual activity, as well as those who've recently recovered from a recent heart attack 
had cardiac stents placed, or even bypass surgery. Even those people can have sex. Okay. So if your partner is like, I can't, I just had a triple bypass. It's not an excuse. I don't care. Get in you there. You jump on them. You no. jump on them. You make them give it to you. <laughs> no excuse. I wonder why. I wonder why they're not at risk. It seems like they would I be. guess it's pretty safe. I guess what I'm saying is you're going to survive sex. Yeah. Okay. With that being said. Yes. Would you like to hear about a lot of people who didn't? Yes. So instead of one story, guys, I have a bunch of crazy little stories. Love crazy little fun. stories. Some famous people and some people you've never heard of. Okay. So I'm just going to share a bunch of little fun, weird stories. Okay. First story. Nelson Rockefeller. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Former vice president of the United States and heir to the Rockefeller family fortune died in 1979 of a heart attack at age 70, rumored to be caused by an orgasm during intercourse with his secretary, Megan Marshak. Oh, boy. The unusual circumstances surrounding his death caused New York Magazine to quip. Nelson thought he was coming, but he was going. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. Here's another fun one. On November 23rd, 1983, James Jimmy the Beard Ferrazzo, a longtime employee of the Condor, the San Francisco Topless Club, made famous by Carol Dota. You know Carol Dota. Yeah. Famous. Was killed at the... Do you? No. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Who, who, okay, because sometimes you'll know like somebody really obscure. That's true, but I, I don't know who Carol Dota is. Sorry. I don't either. Was killed at the age of 40 while having sex with his girlfriend, Teresa Hill, on top of the club's piano when the couple inadvertently triggered the piano's elevator mechanism, trapping him between Hill and the ceiling. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is, an, this is a piano that moves to up and down? Moves I thought you the ceiling? know what that meant? I guess it went bing like that, like it opened like this somehow. You know, those piano elevators. <laughs> You've never ridden a piano elevator? I've been stuck in a piano elevator, but I know not to to panic. I know to remain. Yeah. Mind. I mean, I don't understand it, so but it, I thought it was. Insane. So it trapped him in the ceiling? Between the woman and the ceiling, and he died. But she didn't die. How did she get out? I, I, maybe she shimmied. Wow. They made music together. They really and did. And they she killed. The that is end. so insane. Here's a sad one. Okay. In 2018, a 29-year-old sex worker died in St. Petersburg, Russia, after choking on a condom while performing fellatio on a man. <gasps> condom slipped off the client during the act and blocked the prostitute's airways. <gasps> oh my God. That is like insult to injury injury to insult salt on a wound that's all it's bad that's here's awful. another one uh in august 2020 a 35 year old man collapsed and died in the company of a sex worker in Falambe, malawi local police and later the general practitioner of the nearby megawi health center examined his body and determined the cause of death to be excessive orgasm which caused blood vessels in the brain to rupture he said the sex worker would not be prosecuted because she committed no crime by being too sweet for the man. Oh. <laughs> so she fucked him to death. She really did. Wow. Um, That's insane. So these were all from Wikipedia. And now I have some from the New York Daily News. Okay. So, so I'm just telling you that to take it with a grain of salt. And a couple of them I actually fact checked. And I'm going to also yeah. share the fact checks with you. 
Okay. And they're also fun. Are you ready for more sex death? Yes. Okay. <laughs> First one, the title's Crushed by Porn. One man recently, I'm just reading with the, the New York Daily News because okay. they're fun. One man recently met a sticky end after being crushed by a mountain of pornographic magazines. <laughs> the Japanese man named as 50-year-old Joji was found six months after his 13,000-pound stash of porn magazines fell on him. Cleaners tasked with tidying up his neglected apartment found that the entire apartment was crammed with the explicit magazines. It is unknown whether the man, a former car manufacturer, had died from a heart attack and then fell into a stack of pornography, or whether he was crushed to death by his X-rated collection. Well, so I was like, what year was this? He still got magazines? I know, right? Uh, so I... I had to fact check that one. Okay. I actually fact checked all of these, but some of them I'm just going to read to you. This I found in Snopes. While it's true that a Japanese man died, because this is actually, I think, maybe worse. While it's true that a Japanese man died in his apartment amidst tons of pornography, the Japanese news website Nikon Spa originally reported that he actually died of a heart attack. Further, despite reports that the man was not found for six months after his death, the Nikon Spa simply reported that the unidentified man's body was found a month later. Okay. So much better. <laughs> Gruesomely, the story notes that the pornography soaked up his body fluids, which would normally cause an odor and alert neighbors of his death. No way. <laughs> it's like even worse. Although it is nightmare talk, this is reality, the article says. The phenomenon of solitary deaths, or kodokushi, has been a concern in Japan since at least 2005. So I was like, that's actually worse, I think. Well, it's kind of beautiful because he kind of became one with his porn. <laughs> he really did. He really did. This one's insane. Donna Lang, 51, smothered her lover to death inside a mobile home. The intoxicated woman from Washington claimed she didn't know how the man died, although witness claimed to have seen her crush his face with her chest. <laughs> Okay, so I looked this one up, too, because I was like, wait a second. So I'm going to read you um, the whole article from that I found in a different, in a more reliable source, the Huffington Post. Okay. A Washington woman is accused of using her breasts to smother and kill her boyfriend after an altercation at their mobile home. Donna Lang, a 51-year-old woman from Everett, Washington, is to believe have suffocated her boyfriend to death with her breasts. Oh, my God. On Saturday, January 12th. Uh, deputies were called to the airport and trailer park at 1245 a.m. For, for a disturbance and found medics performing CPR on Lang's 51-year-old alleged boyfriend, who was later pronounced dead at Swedish Hospital. Witnesses Wait, the claim, alleged is the part that I you guess, boyfriend is alleged? I, I okay. guess. I guess. Very careful. Witnesses claim they saw Lang throw her boyfriend down in the back of the mobile home. She was later found by witnesses with her chest covering the victim's face. Like, I don't understand how they can see so I much. Don't I don't either. Like, I don't... The windows are pretty small, aren't they? I mean, are they standing in the doorway? Just watching? Are they all just standing around? Oh. Police noted the size difference between Lang and her boyfriend. She was five foot six inches and 192 pounds. Okay. He was five foot seven inches and 175 pounds. Okay. I mean, is that much bigger? That doesn't seem like that much bigger. No, 20 pounds not. in an inch. It's not like she was 400 pounds. Other women around the world are known to have alleged. Oh, here. Other women around the world are known to have allegedly used their breasts as weapons. <laughs> <laughs> 
In November, German lawyer Tim Schmidt claimed his girlfriend tried to smother him with her 38 double D breasts. Smith, Smith, Smith said she pretended it was a sex game, the Daily Mail reported. I asked her why she wanted to smother me to death with her breasts, and she told me, treasure. I wanted your death to be as pleasurable as possible. Ew. A 38-year-old woman was reported reportedly accused of attempted manslaughter with a weapon, according to the Daily Mail. Holy shit. That is a conceal and carry situation. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a UK mother of three nearly smothered her boyfriend with her 40 LL breasts while they were having sex. <sighs> In 2010, CBS reported via News of the World. She mistook his flailing for excitement until she noticed that he had stopped moving and appeared to not be breathing. Luckily, the man regained consciousness, but the two broke up shortly thereafter. But that one was an accident? I guess so. Okay, so there's some more, but, you know, I think we're going to end it there because that I can't uh, top the uh, Oh, we'll just have to have a part two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, more breast smothering. Well, I did put a call out to, for people to tell their embarrassing sex stories oh, good. Um, on the newsletter, and maybe they'll send some in and we can do another fun, sure sexy so. episode. Well, uh, that was great, Chris. Very enlightening. Very scary. Very sexy. Sexy, scary. You have more sex, everybody. Yes. And we will be- I'm not going to kill you and just watch out for those ladies with the double Ds, I guess. I guess. I mean, I can't, sadly, I cannot commit murder by, by breast, but- no, I'm not going to kill anybody with my boobs. That's for sure. No. <laughs> um, but we will be right back right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Christine, how was your break? It was great. I just hung out and looked at my microphone. I plugged it in. Uh I um, looked at my settings and it all continued to not be the way it should be. Great. How about you? Fantastic. I put put some warm socks on. I put socks on and a sweater on because I'm getting a little chilly. Oh, we got to keep you warm. Oh, I'm so fragile. What are you going to do? Just a fragile little flower. Yeah. Speaking of fragile little flowers, um, I'm going to bring in our guest. (laughs) You know her from her amazing podcast, Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands. In Your Hands with Lizzie Cooperman or In Your Hands with Lizzie Cooperman? Oh, oh, I thought you were asking me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's did just, i get it right in their hands and it is meant as possessive or like oh. it's not meant as possessive so lizzie cooperman is in your hands is in your hands but it's just an apostrophe right well i've been just calling it in your hands all along and 
but I think people get it now and it's going to be linked in our show notes and it's going to be in our newsletter and we're going to put it on our social media. So everybody's going to be able to find it anyway. And I think they already know. And you're also doing tarot for people now. So go to lizziecooperman.com and she'll do your tarot. Yes. Is that part of the, is that part of the podcast? Yeah. So I've been crowdsourcing my life for almost a year and How's that work? It has decimated my existence, essentially. Oh. I started, so one week I had an episode called Carvana or Arcana. Do I sell my car to Carvana um, uh-huh. and take the cash or do I become a professional tarot reader as Arcana is like a tarot term? Okay. And so they voted Arcana. And so I've been doing readings for people over Zoom and I I really love it. It's, it's hysterical. It's become like a, a career. I now can write Love off that. office. <laughs> well, you've been studying tarot for a long time. I mean, we've known each other for so, 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 so long. Um, I would say how many years, but I don't want people to know that I'm not 27. Danielle, you have tapped into something from my youth also, because I remember that we both in high school used to shop at Pier 1 Imports. Oh, yes, we did. Hell <laughs> Yeah. I I almost mentioned Pier One in my mom's uh, eulogy the other day because my mom died. Oh, it's okay, right. it's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Pier One was a big part of my childhood. Danielle, of okay. course, from it. Yeah, I I still think about that because I remember when we wrote on the dish, I was like, yeah, I wanted to be like dressed like my English teachers, and you were like, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, for those who don't know, Pier One was not a clothing store. Right. It was primarily a like furniture and sort of like home furnishings, knickknacks from other lands right. store. Was it like it a world like, market of like the time? Yeah. That's why I was going to mention it. Yeah. It was like world market, but not really that hip. Yeah. But hip enough for me and Lizzie. It had one rack that would have like a pair of palazzo pants with elephants yes. all over them. And then that's what we buy. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, so in the first part of the show, we talked about how to survive sex. And now what what are we talking about? How to survive? Lizzie's going to tell a story about how she barely survived sex, I think. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> yeah. get into it. I, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I am going to bury the lead here, I think. I got really sick in 2014 and I didn't know what was wrong with me. This is a story so many people have about being misdiagnosed with a million diseases yeah. and finding out that they have Lyme disease, essentially. Mm-hmm. They told me I had lupus. They thought I had ALS for wow. a little bit there. That's a fun thing to not be right about. Jesus. Oh, yeah. And it was like months of misdiagnosis and being put on medications for like fibromyalgia and all these other diseases. And... I eventually, I was at work and this was after like months of Googling my symptoms and and having a therapist who was like, you need to stop Googling. You've got to stop. You have your diagnosis. She was like, you, this was when at a point where they thought I had MS. Oh, Jesus. You need to stop. What, what were your symptoms? So when it first started, I was having headaches. It felt like you know when a cat like presses your boobs, <laughs> like pause. Can't say I do, but I, yes, I picture it. Sure, our cat. We have a cat, and okay. they're like making dough or something. Yeah, like, I had a cat making dough. It felt like I had a cat making dough in my head. Oh, and 
And then I would get this weird, like prickling sensation in the back of my head. And I kept calling like the 24 hour nurse hotline. Mm -hmm. I thought it was maybe a hangover. I had gone out with friends and for some reason I had two drinks and I was up all night, like throwing up. And then the next minute I had this headache. So I ended up going to urgent care and I I kept thinking like, oh, maybe I have migraines now. Like maybe Mm -hmm. this is a new phase of my life where um, this is going to be the new normal. And they told me I had to get an MRI. Um, So I went and got an MRI and I, and I was doing a lot of like positive thinking at the time. And like, I was going to Marianne Williamson every Monday. So I was like, they just act like this is like an appointment to get your nails done. It's not a big deal. Right. Stay light around this, you know, there's so much, I, I feel so conflicted around all of that now, but so I get the MRI and I went back the next day and, um, the guy said, you don't have a tumor. And I was like, Oh, thank God. And he goes, but you do have an incidental. Ooh. And I was like, what, like at a hotel? He's like, a bag of sun chips in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I did do a one-woman show about this, and I'm sorry if parts of the story are leaking out. Um, Much like my brain did, because I found out I had something leaking in my... I I essentially had something on the front of my brain called a cavernous hemangioma, um, which sounds very sexy, but it's like a burst... (laughs) blood vessel in the front of my brain. It's like a vascular You get that from Lyme disease? Well, at the time, I didn't know that I had Lyme. And so that was the first thing. Then I started having like out-of-body experiences. Like I was at the grocery store and I remember I reached for a can of green beans. I'm like, yes, I'm the one who eats (laughs) canned green beans. (laughs) You know, you live in California. You can get fresh green beans. I know. (laughs) I have a Midwestern casserole mentality, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So I I reached for this hand and I remember being like, this is not my hand. Uh Like I'm not in my body. And suddenly the grocery store started to like tilt and I had to hold on to my heart. And I remember leaving the store like, oh my God, like I can barely walk and then I had to go to a wedding the next day and I was driving back from the wedding and it felt like there were like pellets of acid, like Jesus released in my Christ. arms. And it was so scary. And then I started having like full body spasms at night where I'd be like, so my body would start jerking like, oh, now I, I also have restless leg. And, and I thought, is this all connected to this? like, vascular tumor that I've, I've somehow convinced myself is not a big deal because I'm like, okay, if I can't decide to go see a neurologist and he was like, well, you know, it's in a, it's in an accessible enough part of your brain that if we needed to do surgery, we probably could, but he was like, let's just keep an eye on it. So all these weird things started happening. My pinky started shaking and I went back to the neurologist and he goes, I think what you need is a drink. Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? Jeez. Wow. And what's crazy is this was also, I found out Elizabeth Taylor's brain surgeon. And that was why I chose him. Like he was out of network. And I thought, well, he's used to dealing with people who could use a drink, I guess. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. That's bananas. So 
I just got worse and worse. I ended up seeing 22 doctors. They kept misdiagnosing me. They diagnosed me with fibromyalgia. I went to a physical therapist who told me I had cubital tunnel syndrome and mild rhabdomyolysis, but don't Google it. <laughs> and if you Google rhabdomyolysis, it's like a flesh eating disease that you get from over exercising, which is something I do not And partake. the physical therapist diagnosed you with this. That was a, that was like an orthopedic, oh. like physical therapy. Oh, sorry. Um, that was an orthopedic doctor. I think, is that what it's called? Like a sports person? Yes. Yeah. And then I went to a physical therapist who was like, you might have a mask because my legs started going like blank. Like I would stand up and be like, oh, there's no left leg suddenly. Jesus. It reminded me of like the picture in back to the future where it's just like, oh, that's, it wasn't even like, oh, it's numb. I don't have circulation. It was like, it's gone. Whatever the switch is, mm -hmm. it's out blew the fuse so i kept getting sicker and sicker and then i went to bridgetown comedy festival and i like i hooked up with this guy and I, I woke up in his bed and i could not feel my legs um which i know is every guy's dream sure. <laughs> right. anyway, walk now. legend <laughs> And, and he was like, what's going on? And I'm like, has this ever happened to you? Like, I really, I can't even feel my, the bottom half of my body. Oh my and at the time I kept calling my therapist who now, I, I ended up having to break up with this therapist because at a certain point she said to put a, a wall, a sign on my wall that said, Judy says I'm paranoid. So I could look at it in the middle of the night and remember that I wasn't sick. I was just insane. Jesus Christ. Are they, this is like a bad movie. Are they all out to get you? They're, they're all. Well, like you know what it is? Well, this happens to a lot of people because they don't want to diagnose you with Lyme disease. Why? So first of all, the CDC tells doctors that there's a test that has these different like reactive bands and they tell doctors you can only diagnose someone if they have all five bands are positive, mm -hmm. when in fact, it's just one band that you need to be positive for Lyme. Okay. It's like one specific band. And so all these people out there mm -hmm. think they have all these other diseases. I, I talk, I mean, I'm in so many Lyme groups with people who are like, I thought I had MS for years and it turned out to actually be Lyme and now I'm getting better. And, wow. and people who have been in, in wheelchairs. And had I accepted that diagnosis, I would have just probably been headed down that something, a similar road. Right. There is also a theory that I, I do believe in, and there's a great documentary called Under Our Skin, where they talk about how Lyme started in Lyme, Connecticut, which is across the Long Island Sound from a laboratory, like an actual tick testing laboratory on Plum Island, Oh. where they were testing insects and they there was a whole thing where they they brought this doctor over who was supposed to be creating like a bioweapon that they would like crop dust because ticks can bury the burrow themselves into the skin mm -hmm. they were trying to create something that was like a mixture of different kind of diseases and that is what lyme is when you have lyme it's not like oh i got this lyme bacteria it's lyme and then it's also like a cocktail of like cat scratch fever and Babesia, which is like a form of malaria. So it's Jesus not Christ. Something. It's a it's like a you've been poisoned. And that's what it felt like. I was like, I drank from a, a chalice of poison. And that's why my body's burning because this all came on at once. And they kept saying, 
well, your mom just died and, you know, it could be a reaction to that. And I said, no one goes paralyzed because their mother dies. Right. Like, no, that's crazy. Yeah. That's not one of the stages of grief. Do you think, can I just interject? Do you also think because of just my own experience with the medical community that if it disproportionately affects women, they're just more dismissive of it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because more women are more prone to Lyme because we have weaker immune systems. And so some guys will get a tick bite and they'll have like minimal problems or it will hit them later when something else happens to their body that their immune system will just it'll just all start like replicating because it, it does do that. It's disgusting, actually. So, OK, well, I'll just fast forward by telling you. I was at, I was working actually at the soup and I was like Googling like mad and it, my nose started tingling, which was a new symptom I hadn't had. And it said, this is either ALS or Lyme disease. And I went into the bathroom. I remember being like, oh my God, I have Lyme disease. I have Lyme disease, even though they had tested me and it came back negative. I read this article that was like, Oh, the sensitivity of the Lyme test is very low on the Western blot and the diagnosis is inaccurate. I read about like the five bands. So I went and got this test from a company called Igenix. If anyone out there is listening and has insane symptoms, it's I-G-E-N-E-X. Find a doctor that will give you that test. I had all po strong positives on that test. I went into treatment by the time I got there, they were like, your blood is literally like curdling. Oh, so I had God. like heparin shots, which I still have to do. And, but this is all like the aftermath. So, but what I wanted to tell you is I thought I was getting better. And so I kind of started weaning off my medication in like 2016. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I kind of wanted to celebrate. And I, I went to Hawaii by myself. I came back, I was in a great mood. And so I decided to masturbate and as one does. Yeah, sure. Um, and when I climaxed, I blacked out. What? Like, the room went dark and there was a yellow, like squiggly line. And then what? the, and then in my vision came back and the room was just super bright. And I was like, oh my God, like that was a powerful orgasm. I, I went into the bathroom and I remember looking at my hand and there was like a patch of vision where I couldn't see my hand because wow. like vision is like depth, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to like get another MRI and Chris drove me there. Oh yeah, oh, I remember that. Okay. And I remember going, I... No, I had a stroke and I don't blame you for this. You were like, Lizzie, you did not have a stroke. Probably something happened with your vision or something else. But I had gone to the eye doctor and they said that that's what it, it, that wasn't what it was. So I get a call and they tell me to go to this clinic in Santa Monica. I walk in there, all these like old people with like tennis ball yeah. walkers and stuff. I go in to see the doctor. I'm like, wow, everyone here is so old. And he goes, yeah, that's because this is a stroke clinic. And I go, oh, really? Well, maybe goes, they also uh, masturbated. Look, you know, <laughs> our old people, we can't underestimate them. Maybe they <laughs> masturbated themselves into a stroke also. <laughs> Just saying it's possible. I mean, I would love, I mean, I would be thrilled for them actually. I hope that's what we're all doing. So yeah, he pinned my MRI up on the board and it was blood, like a pool of blood on my brain. I had a 
He goes, you had a brain hemorrhage in the occipital lobe Christ. of your brain and it, the lobe that's responsible for vision. And he was like, you are so lucky you are not in the ICU right now. It was a big pool of blood. It wasn't just like a, a mark. Uh-huh. So what did they do? Well, first I was like, can I still masturbate? Right. That's what I was going to say. Did it, did it, did it uh, scare you off from that? Right. I would be like the Emily Dickinson of comedians with Lyme disease. I, um, yeah, I was scared for a while. And, and I asked, he goes, I wouldn't. Like ever. Yeah. But wouldn't that also entail sex? Wouldn't that also mean you shouldn't have sex? Right. I mean, I feel like that's what he was implying now. Yeah. But wouldn't that also imply like all strenuous activity? I don't know. I feel like there is something about the orgasm where it's just like, like the blood, crazy blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you get that from Sudoku, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I get my thrills. Excuse me. Seven. Uh, well, one other weird thing is I had this like metallic taste in my mouth. And so I was like, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's the blood dripping through your brain back into your stomach. Like, wow. Oh my God. It was like, so drink- how did they stop it? Like if it's already bleeding, what did they do? It was just one thing blew up and then it was over. Oh, okay. And what's crazy is this is at a time also where my health insurance had lapsed because I... <sighs> I was like about to get writer's guild and I'm like, okay, it's like a 10 days between that one starting or something. And it happened in that. Right. Of course. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still. Yeah. Isn't that why we had to drive really far? Because it was like of your insurance. Right. I was like, (laughs) why are we going so far? Like for your MRI, it was like, wait, it was like an hour away and we had to guess because i love rancho cucamonga (laughs) (laughs) holy cow and how are you basically okay now so what's crazy is they they actually discovered a medicine that there was a there was a lyme patient who my my guess because no one really knows is that lyme affected my vascular system and my blood Mm. flow and there was a patient who found out about this experimental drug that was killing Lyme in vitro. And it's actually the medication that's used for alcoholics so that they'll stop drinking. It's called antabuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's also called disulfiram. And if you, if you're an alcoholic and you're like about to die from alcoholism, they'll make you take this so that if oh. you drink, you become violently ill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went on that during the pandemic and I did not, drink for the entire oh my god that is insane <laughs> that's fun during the pandemic or i know i was like this is actual torture um and there were supposed to be some weird side effects but i was like this is the time to do it i'm alone yep. right uh i ended up moving to new mexico during the pandemic and living there above a crystal shop are you serious yeah, I just was like, I'm so depressed. Oh, and I had a living on my balcony also. What? You had a During, what? I had a peacock living on my Oh, that's amazing. I feel like this is a Tom Robbins novel or something. I, yeah, really. 
So I like anyway. So so now my PCR tests are actually negative, and it worked. But I was on it for a really long time, and I had to kind of increase the dosage and stuff. But it's been successful in treating people. But it's still like kind of an experimental drug. So do you have to get regular MRIs to keep like my mom? So my mom has had multiple aneurysms. I think we've talked about this before, which might be a different thing than what sounds like. I don't know the technical terms of her aneurysms and this, I don't know if it's a technical aneurysm or a stroke on your brain. You know more about this than I do, but she has to go in like every year for an MRI because she has actual metal coils in her brain uh, to keep the aneurysms like apart basically and they have to go in and check the coils and also to make sure the aneurysms aren't sort of building up and do you have to go in now because of this event and have regular uh mris or is that not a thing they recommend because of your situation i am supposed to do that i have to say because of the way health insurance and the whole healthcare system works like i lost my insurance Yesterday, I was on the phone for an hour with a woman who's like, well, let me see if I can find you another provider. And she's telling me all these names. They'll have one star. Yeah. Oh, go see this person, you know, in Balboa. Yeah. And they'll recommend you to a neurologist who you don't know, who you have to then tell your entire story. It's like this whole thing where you're just like swinging vine to vine, like hoping to to land somewhere where someone actually understands you and can make it happen. Like even to get a mammogram for me this year, it took months after I switched my insurance. Uh, health insurance is a nightmare in this country. It's really terrible. I mean, we could do yes a whole. <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, I need me funny. Sure it is somewhere. I need to win Powerball so I can get back with my old doctor. Essentially, <laughs> you need to. I you need to do like a, another Patreon level that's just like pay for my MRI and mammogram. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good idea, actually. Well, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that. And um, so, when you have sex with a new person, do you have to tell them like, "Look, I might, my legs might go limp, and I might." My brain might bleed, but you seem like a nice guy. Or just here's my emergency con. Here, you know yeah, how to dial nine one one, right? Contacts. Well, again, thank you, thank you so much. Glad you're yeah, doing better. For your story. My goodness, thanks for having me. Everyone, check out Lizzie's uh, podcast uh, in your hands. Go to Lizzie's website, lizziecooperman.com, and um, Danielle. We will be right back with, with what did we learn today, Chris? Yes. Are you ready to learn what we learned today? Teach me, wise one. We'll take us however we can get us. Exactly. One more time filling the cream donut. <laughs> okay, this is what I was talking about. Petite mort, translated from French, means little death and is generally used as a euphemism for orgasm. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Person time. Here we go, Chris. Yes. Person time is an estimate of the actual time at risk in years, months, or days that all participants contributed to a study. It's an estimate of the actual time at risk. All participants, oh, it's how long they were in the study. 10,000 years. 
That doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. Okay. It's, well, I'm glad we got to the it's bizarre. bottom of that. <laughs> this, <laughs> is the most, uh, this is the most seemingly ex- ex- like accurate explanation. Mm-hmm. It made the most yes. sense. The mm-hmm. other ones were just like rambling nonsense. Mm-hmm. It was okay. weird. No, thank you for digging that up. But it also, I think it made it even more confusing for me. Yeah. But this won't. Avoid dick spiders. <laughs> Six minutes can be an eternity. Oof, I know it. Carol Dota was known as the first public topless dancer in the U.S. Good for her. This act began with a grand piano being lowered from the ceiling by hydraulic mm-hmm. motors. Dota mm-hmm. would be atop the piano dancing as it descended from a hole in the ceiling. That's bananas. Okay, well, that explains a lot. Now we know the death. Kodokushi, or lonely the death, refers to a Japanese phenomenon of people dying alone and remaining undiscovered for a long period of time. What? The phenomenon... What? No, no, go ahead. The phenomenon was first described in the 1980s. Kodokushi has become an increasing problem in Japan attributed to economic troubles and Japan's increasingly elderly population. Jesus. Um, Keep Danielle warm at all costs. I think that's always good advice. Wow. Well, that is a lot to digest. And now we are in the afterglow of our episode. So everybody light them up if you got them. Right. And until next time, remain Remain calm. calm.